Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a therapist and author based on the west side of Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to my podcast, named after my recent book, It's Not About the Sex. Here we have honest conversations related to compulsive sexual behavior and trauma, all from a sexual health perspective. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints and practical strategies toward establishing greater intimacy and a more deeply connected life. Let's begin. Dr. Martha Koo is board certified in psychiatry and addiction medicine and is CIIS certified in psychedelic assisted therapy. A pioneer in the development of transcranial magnetic stimulation, otherwise known as TMS, Dr. Koo is the founder and CEO of Neuro Wellness Spa and the medical director at Clear Recovery Center. Today we have Dr. Martha Koo here with us talking about what she calls Beyond Medication, Depression Treatment in the 21st Century. And as a clinician, I am really interested in today's topic because depression is so insidious and and is so pandemic really i'm really interested in hearing from you uh, martha to to look at alternatives and and things that maybe people have heard of and our listeners know a little bit about but i'm really looking forward to understanding them even more so thank you so much for being with us today well thank you andrew i'm really happy to be here i appreciate the invitation and very excited to talk about alternative therapies for depression beyond medication. But just a, a just a hats off to you too. I just wanted to, I know you're the author of two books and I wanted to say uh, really the, the congratulations on the sort of purposeful recovery because um, actually, mm. you know, a, a separate thing I do besides at Neuro Wellness Spa, I'm a medical director at Clear Recovery. And so purchase that book for the, the clinicians to use with some of the clients in the dual diagnosis and uh, young adult um, addiction track. And the questions are, are fabulous. So thanks for your contribution mm. to that. My pleasure. Thank you so much. So the first question that I'd like to ask is, is that one of your special interests in psychiatry is treatment of refractory depression, also known as TRD. So what exactly is TRD? Great question. Thank you. And I love how the nomenclature has actually been changing for us. You know, we used to say treatment resistant depression, which I think had a negative connotation for patients as if they were resistant to treatment. And then we've moved to sort of treatment refractory depression, which just really means in a nutshell, depression that is not responsive to antidepressant, you know, one or two trials of antidepressant medication along with a, a evidence-based therapy. We're actually starting to even move in the nomenclature to say difficult to treat depression because I think, mm -hmm. and you'll hear some of the, the treatments we have now are more efficacious, but we really don't want patients to think that their illness is refractory to treatment. So it's just sort of a cool historical uh, notion to realize, you know, treatment resistant to treatment refractory, now difficult to treat. But in essence, we, there's no one set definition for TRD, treatment refractory depression. Most clinicians will consider that if an individual with a major depressive disorder has not 
obtained remission with two antidepressant trials from different classes of, of, you know, like a serotonin agent and maybe a dopaminergic agent. If they haven't achieved remission, then we would call their depression, a treatment refractory depression. Hmm. So along those lines, what treatments have you found to be the best for your patients with TRD? Well, hands down, uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation is a treatment that I've been offering since 2009. And uh, as you mentioned at the start of the podcast, you know, depression is so prevalent, um, very high, you know, morbidity um, with depression. And so many people still don't know about TMS, which short for transcranial magnetic stimulation. So TMS was actually FDA approved in 2008, believe it or not. So it's been around mm-hmm. for 14 years. And yes, many uh, patients, families and clinicians alike are not familiar with it. TMS as a, as a technique has been around since the 1980s. So we originally used TMS for brain mapping purposes and to understand and, you know, sort of what parts of the brain affected um, what parts of the body. But in essence, uh, what TMS is, it uses a high intensity magnet and we can focally target specific neurocircuits in the brain and get them to function. So in a, in a quick way, what I like to tell patients sometimes is like physical therapy for the brain. Right. So we've <laughs> moved from depression being a problem with neurotransmitters to depression being a problem with how a certain neurocircuit's firing. And we know enough in neuroscience to identify exactly what neurocircuit that is to now actually we, we've moved into sort of broader connectivity issues. So we know the brain is a bunch of circuits communicating with each other. But TMS as a strategy is we, we use a coil and we focally target the specific neurocircuitry in the brain where the neurons just are, we could say they're not firing or not communicating well. And um, we get them to be back and robust. And that is actually what treats the depression. Um, I don't know if you want me to describe a little bit what the process is like. Absolutely. I was just going to ask, I think it's so fascinating and yet so many people don't know about it. So if you could walk us through what that actually looks like if a patient came in and said, I'm ready for TMS, let me, let, let me start. Perfect. So um, I'll even maybe pull it back. A patient may come in and say, I have, you know, we diagnose them, they have depression. Um, the FDA indication for TMS is failing one medication trial. So only one. Now, it's it's actually covered by the vast majority of insurances. So I should add that. That's important to know. This is not a cash pay procedure. It's on insurances. Insurances haven't quite caught up with the FDA approval, right, which is typical. But, but several insurances only are two medication trial failures, right? And a failure can be that they didn't achieve remission. It also could be that they didn't tolerate the medication. Um, some insurances require four. So patient comes in, they have the consult, we verify the diagnosis. Um, they say, well, I've, I've failed, you know, I, I was on Zoloft at hundred milligrams for, you know, three months and my depression is not any better. And then maybe I've tried Wellbutrin for a month. Great. You're an excellent TMS candidate. And mm-hmm. uh, we get an authorization from the insurance. And then the process is the patient comes in five days a week for six weeks and then twice a week for the subsequent three. So it is a, it's a big commitment. Um, it's a nine week mm. process. 
they mm-hmm. um but there is you know, there's no the beauty about TMS is we're not putting anything in the body right there's nothing so there's really no side effects initially sometimes a few people can get a headache um but in essence there's nothing that we get with medications no sexual side effects no weight gain no dry mouth you know no cognitive issues so they'll come in and you sit in a chair, which looks a little bit like a dental chair, and you're fully alert and awake. There's no anesthesia that happens. There's no cognitive impairment. People drive themselves to and from the, the procedure that doesn't, you know, they can come at a lunch break from work, right? Or they can come right before school. It doesn't have any impact um, on their functioning throughout the day. And they'll sit in the chair and we, we calibrate the device to their individual head first, right? And so we need to know where on their head to treat. And the way we do that is we, we, it's called a motor threshold determination. So we find the exact spot on their head where we get movement of the thumb in the opposite hand. And the amount of energy it takes to have that movement would sort of be their dosing. The device itself moves the coil forward to the target that we're treating. And then um, we just start the process, uh, dosing it based on their MT. It feels, so you you know, you have a coil place that's sort of like left part of your forehead and you feel a tapping on your head. Um, I would say it's a little uncomfortable at first. Nobody's ever quit because of any tolerability. We set it low and move up and you become tolerant to it very quickly by the end of even the first session. And you feel, so you feel a tapping on your head. It's the treatment's about 20 minutes in length. Uh, The tapping is intermittent though. It's not the whole time. And during that time, even at, well, for at Neuro Wellness Spa, we, we have the tech in there and we're doing sort of a clinical initiative. So the patient's not just sitting there having this, they're talking about psychoeducation or nutrition or exercise or socialization or spirituality. So we add that component. But if somebody wants to sit and meditate, if they want to watch TV, like that's totally fine too. So they're in and out. They do five days a week for six weeks. Uh, most people are feeling substantially better at the end of two weeks. So after 10 sessions. So it also works much faster than medication. So how does that work when, when someone is told that they're going to be coming in five days a week for six weeks, how, what, what, are, what are the general responses that you get? How many people stick with it? How many people don't, how does that work? Yeah, another great question. You'd be surprised like that, like, because we say at the beginning and most people have your question, like, wow, that seems like a lot. The, we, and we just looked at this data, actually, 93% of our, our patients complete the whole treatment, right? We have a very, it's, it's very rare. People actually, I will tell you, when they leave NeuroWellSmall at the end, they're sad to leave. <laughs> um, I think there's, because it's a, it's the setting is beautiful. It's obviously very mm. spa-like, but there's a lot of therapy that goes on. Um, but we really, we don't have issues in terms of the commitment at all. And I think it's, it's really, you have to understand these people are coming in and they, they don't, they're depressed. And so, and they've failed a medication already or they failed therapy. And so, you know, it's less time than a therapy session. It's, you know, it's, it's our sites are geographically obviously easy and accessible. And so I think that makes it uh, convenient for patients. Um, the only, and then we can work around if somebody has to travel for work for a week, it doesn't interrupt the the efficacy of the, the mm-hmm. treatment. So we have really good attendance. We have really good completion rates and, um, 
people really don't get, you know, afraid of making that commitment. Mm. So if I'm hearing you correctly, folks who come in for this treatment are really motivated. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. absolutely. And and where are your sites yeah. exactly? We have um, uh -huh. several sites. So we have uh, Manhattan Beach, North Torrance, South Torrance, Santa Monica, and Beverly Hills. And we're going to be opening in Westlake Village um, in January of 2023. Wonderful. So all Los Angeles based. Yes. Yes. We're all sort of South Bay and we've sort of been moving north. Wonderful. That's great. <laughs> and that, and of course, that makes it more accessible to more people. So that's that's yes. terrific. Yes. So absolutely. How did this all begin for you? I mean, when did you start offering TMS to your patients, and and what was the original reason that got you involved with TMS? <laughs> yeah, also really good question. I love your questions. Um, so interesting. I I went to UCLA for a medical school and residency, and when I graduated, I then went to go ahead and do psychoanalytic training. So while I was doing psychoanalytic training, and I was sort of hanging my shingle for my private practice, um, I had to make some money. So I was uh, working in the um, outpatient ECT clinic at UCLA. And at that time, this was a long time ago, right, uh, 1996, they were talking about using magnetic energy to sort of achieve hopefully the same thing we do with um, ECT. You know, the, the ECT is still a very effective treatment. That's electroconvulsive therapy, but it requires general anesthesia three times a week. It has a significant amount of cognitive impairment for the time of mm -hmm. the treatment. And so I had just just tweaked my mind. Um, I've always been very interested in the mind as well as the brain. And so the neuroscience behind mental health issues has always been fascinating to me and, and a big interest. And so I just sort of registered that and had been following the literature. And in 2008, when Neurostar, that was the first device, came out with the FDA mm. approval for TMS, I jumped on it. At that point, right, I'd been treating patients for many years with what I consider good pharmacotherapy, what we had as well as, in, you know, depth mm -hmm. therapy, psychotherapy. And I still had some people that weren't better and I wanted another tool in my toolbox, right, to offer. And so I opened at that point time it was called South Bay TMS. And so I opened in April of 2009. So I was a very, very early adopter um, of TMS. And at that time, it was pretty much a cash pay model. Um, insurances started to get on it pretty much 2016, 17. And that's when then we were rebranded to Neuro Wellness Spa. Mm -hmm. So I really just looked at it as another really, you know, efficacious treatment we could have for patients with depression who don't respond to, you know, therapy and medication. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that don't get into remission. My goal really, you know, with neuro wellness spa and our goal there, it's a whole company with many people. It's, it's really, we, we strongly believe that, you know, wellness isn't just the absence of illness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's more than that. And especially not partially treated mm -hmm. illness. And I think the sad thing for me with depression is a lot of people are walking around better. You know, they're better when they've gone to their, their therapy or their medication, but they're not in remission. And then beyond remission, 
having a very fulfilling mm-hmm. life. And I think that those are, are all really important. And I, mm-hmm. I see a lot of patients, I think partially treated. And it's just, when you see somebody, when you see a depressed patient go through TMS and how they pop mm-hmm. out, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like you won't, you know, I think even patients and, and I'm sure you, you've been doing therapy for a long time. You see these patients, you know, you lose perspective. Mm-hmm. And some people, we like, they've been depressed since, high school or college. And so when they're better, they're better, but they don't even realize what true remission feels Mm -hmm. like or remission without a medication side Mm -hmm. effect, which is also right. People are better, but they're struggling with something. Right. And I think sexual side effect, you know, SSRIs are so common and that's the biggest thing. And so, yeah, I'm better and I can't, right. I'm, I'm don't have a really fulfilled sexual life. Like to me, that's a problem. It's an important part of life that is just incredible with TMS. It's sort of hard to describe Mm -hmm. in words, but when you have a patient that, that goes through it, it's, it's palpable, Mm -hmm. the difference. So what I'm hearing is that you are truly a pioneer in this type of treatment. And, and as a pioneer, I, I, I imagine that you have a bird's eye view on what's out there. And one of the questions I I wonder about is what would the average person interested in TMS look for in a provider? Yes, really good. I I think several things. There There are multiple devices now on the market, TMS devices, and there are differences in terms of comfort, um, level. So I think one one question a, a patient would want to ask at a site is, what device do you use? I think how much experience the provider has is very important, right? Because, you know, it's a procedure, right? And so I think the skill that somebody has, if they've been practicing TMS, you know, for three months is very different for a year or more than that. And so I think you'd, you'd want to be with someone who at least has some time under their belt so that, you know, they're, they're, they're really good at doing their motor threshold determinations and their calibrations um, to make sure the coil's in the right mm-hmm. spot. Um, I think that you want to understand uh, the TMS protocol that they use in the coil. So, I mean, I, I sort of gave you a, a, a brief summary, but there are, you know, differences. Like we have a specific OCD coil when we treat OCD. OCD is covered. It's FDA approved. You know, TMS is FDA approved for four indications, depression, treatment resistant depression, OCD, migraine with aura and cigarette mm. cessation. Insurance is pretty much covered. Depression, there's one insurance that recently, because it was approved for OCD, TMS was approved for OCD, I think in 2018, if I'm correct. Might be 13. I might be wrong on that. And so there's one insurance now that approves OCD. But I, you really want to go somewhere where they're using an OCD coil. It's it's a little different. It it the we, the placement's obviously different. The depth of the the pulse is different. So I think being familiar mm-hmm. with that would be another really good question. Um, the final question I would say that's really important is how often do at that site do you do you see the actual psychiatrist? Mm-hmm. Um, at our site, the psychiatrist always does the calibration. We always do recalibrations at two weeks, sometimes at four weeks. There is a TMS tech that treats in between. The psychiatrist, though, continues to see the patient every two weeks. There are a lot of sites, unfortunately, where the psychiatrist will do a consult, prescribe, because it doesn't need to be prescribed by the doctor, get the authorization, and then passes the patient off to just the TMS tech for the entire 36 sessions. And 
I, I think that's not mm -hmm. ideal. I think it's important to have a little bit more monitoring in terms of, you know, how the treatment's going. And so that would be, I think, the the another aspect that would be good um, for a patient to ask when they're checking mm -hmm. out a site. So what device is there? How much experience? How long they've been doing it? How much, how often they, you know, see the doctor and what protocol are they mm -hmm. going to get? So this is a, a little different uh, direction, but I just want to ask the question. So yeah. depression, of course, can come from a lot of different things. And one of the lenses that I always look through is trauma. And yes. especially um, with recovery from addictive compulsive behaviors of different types. And I'm wondering yes. how that factors in. Um, for instance, let's say somebody has been uh, sexually compulsive for, for many years, but they have been away from those behaviors for a while. But as a kid, right. they had all kinds of abuse. So, and mm -hmm. so they, they're oftentimes, as we see when somebody is in recovery, that's when the depression can actually come in more powerfully. So how, how right. would you describe that way of conceptualizing a case like that so that our, our listeners understand how that interacts. Yes. Yeah. Really good separation. So I, I, you know, comorbidities, right. With depression are very common. And so the, the broadest way to say it is that TMS is a biological treatment and it's going to help um, any biological depression that's there. Right. So if it's pure depression, then great. If it's comorbid, right, with an addiction, we treat at Neuro Wellness Spa, we treat a lot of people um, in recovery. Uh, if they're there, we, we like them to have 90 days, right, of sort of sustained recovery, just to sort out a little bit of what you're talking about. Like, mm -hmm. if their mood completely repairs when they're in recovery, and as you would say, living a purposeful life, then great, then we don't need to add anything else. Sure. But if what's happened is we we're aware very clearly that their addiction has been a way they've coped, which is mm -hmm. to me really common, probably mm -hmm. most, you know, everybody mm -hmm. has their different theories. Uh, you know, my theories with addiction is there's clearly a genetic component, right, that gives somebody a propensity or a vulnerability. And then usually, though, there's other stressors of why then they've end up coping that way. Right. And so you need to really treat the underlying illness. You have to first treat the, the behavior because it's going to interfere with anything else working. But when they're in recovery, then then we can deal with what really has been maybe motivating them to have an addictive behavior to cope with what's underneath that, whether it's trauma or depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. So the TMS will work regardless. Um more specifically, when we're dealing with with actual post-traumatic stress disorder, we we have a TMS that's specifically called uh, it's individualized. It's called MERT. It's magnetic e-resonance therapy. It's the same FDA-approved device that we use uh, in terms of the TMS machine. However, the treatment protocol is personalized. So we mm -hmm. do an EEG for mm -hmm. the person of the brain. We send it off to the lab. The lab sends us back an actual coil placement and protocol specifically for that person's um, brain. And then we do the TMS. Um, that is particularly for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, traumatic brain injury, dementia, mm -hmm. um, and autism. 
and it's it's pretty amazing. So mm. you know we've treated kids that that have lost verbal skills and then come do MERD and regain verbal and regain language output. Uh, the PCL five drops, you know, that's the rating scale, uh, for the audience, that's a rating scale for uh, trauma that, that we use as an objective rating scale. Um, you know, for depression, we'll use a PHQ nine or anxiety GAD. So PCL five drops with MERT are incredible. And what patients describe, um, really is that they have so much more insight in terms of they'll have a trigger, a typical trigger in their day. And they won't have the same emotional reaction. They won't dissociate or they won't dysregulate. It's really fascinating. I should add, I mean, all these processes, I mean, you hear my background, like I'm a big proponent of we don't solve these. We're humans and we're relational. And so we're a big, like pretty much everybody who comes to NeuroWellness Spa has a therapist. <laughs> we don't provide therapy in, in-house. It's something we don't do. We collaborate. But mm-hmm. I, I'm a firm believer that, that you know, it's not, there's not just going to be a biological fix. You're not just going to take a pill or you're not just going to do TMS. Right. Um, because even if you've, you know, even it can be a simple, not this isn't simple. I shouldn't say the word simple, but it can be a process as I've been depressed for 10 years and all of a sudden I'm not depressed. Like that can be really scary for people. Mm-hmm. Right. And to have the therapy to help them cope with, okay, now they want to engage or now they want to be in relationships or they're going to start a new job. Mm-hmm. Or what are, what are my likes? What do I even like? Right. And that's something that has to happen in therapy. The TMS isn't going to give them that. And so I, I think I just wanted to make that mm-hmm. caveat because when we use the the MERT for PTSD, it's it's really important that these individuals are also doing their their trauma therapy work mm-hmm. to support the process. Right. And as always, it it does take a village. It takes a village. Totally agree. You've talked about TMS. You've talked a little bit about ECT. Um, so other than TMS, ECT, and antidepressants, what other depression treatments are there out there? So we also do IV ketamine therapy. You know, ketamine is a, an FDA approved actually anesthetic, right? That um, has been discovered to have really pretty rapid and robust antidepressant efficacy. Um, and in intravenous, that means it's in a, you know, through a needle in the arm. And um, so we offer IV ketamine therapy also really good results. You know, ideally, I, I, I think TMS is a really good first line way to go because like you say, it's non-invasive, right? It takes 20 minutes or 30 minutes in and out. You drive yourself to and fro. IV ketamine therapy works well, but it, um, you know, you it's it's considered an anesthetic. So you you can't drive yourself right after the procedure. You really can't go right back to work or school. It sort of interrupts the your your routine. Uh, you're in the office a good hour and 15 minutes or a half because, you know, and then you're you have the process. But it but it's really valuable. I think we we see great results with IV ketamine therapy for acute suicidality. Uh, mm-hmm. So sometimes there's an opportunity to do one or two infusions while we're waiting for a TMS authorization mm. to get them. They won't be non-depressed after that, but they will usually not be suicidal. And then we can do the TMS. Um, you know, TMS doesn't work for everybody. It's sort of no, it's about 20% of people that it's it's not efficacious for. And so if somebody does a round of TMS and they're not in remission, then sometimes doing some IV ketamine therapy can be helpful mm. for that too. And then I do think the IV ketamine therapy for somebody who has a chronic pain condition, um, and there's a big sense that their depression 
uh, is very comorbid with their pain. And then the IV ketamine therapy actually works really well. And I would say that would be a population where the outcomes are better than with TMS, because I think the IV ketamine therapy also helps uh, actually with the, the pain management. So it's a really good, so it's another really good alternative treatment um, outside of the therapy and the medications or ECT or TMS. So there's the IV ketamine. Hmm. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you can mix and match a bit as needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I assume that's really the doctor's call that, that you would determine how that would be, be customized for, for each patient. Yes. Yeah. And like I say, there are certain things, I think like depression with pain, uh, you know, uh, if, if somebody, if the Mert process is, is sort of the, so that's the TMS is something that they don't want to commit to. Like you say, like the, I think trauma and depression is really good with the, the IV ketamine also, because, you know, the experience is a little bit like a dissociative state. So mm -hmm. uh, the way the IV ketamine works, people usually come two or three times a week for two weeks, and then we start tapering them the sessions out. And like I said, it's an infusion and you come in and we, we work with an intention before and the, then the patient comes in and wears an eye mask and the nurse is there the entire time. And, and the infusion is a 40 minute infusion. And, and it is a little bit like a dreamlike state. And for me, the important part of the process is what happens in that state. They have your, you know, they have a music playing. We have specific mm -hmm. soundtracks for the IV ketamine process. Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll have imagery and feelings and, and just sort of like a dreamlike state that comes up. And then the important thing is in the therapy to be doing the integration therapy. So talking to the patient mm -hmm. after and what came up for you and putting meaning on that. And that to me is mm -hmm. what I think is, is therapeutic. I, I, I think the ketamine, mm -hmm. you know, does something because there's bravado, which is the nasal FDA approved, which is different from the IV. But, but I feel the true therapeutic impact of the ketamine is actually that process, that experiential process. And then how that is worked on in therapy and patients will describe that same thing. So trauma patients will describe a little bit of a re-experiencing of aspects of the trauma, but with uh, a little distance. So once again, not, it's mm -hmm. not disruptive. It's not just regulating um, or the IV ketamine. We've had a lot of success with eating disorder patients. Um, hmm. because they, you know, often they don't want to take medications. They're afraid of weight gain. Uh, it's they, their personalities, they don't necessarily want to put something in their body. I mean, ketamine's in, but it's in and out. But I think the aspect of, of having a little bit of an out of body, a little bit of a separate feeling, um, and being open to that and open to a different perspective, I think helps them actually in, in really the, the part of, of an eating disorder that we look at. Like I'm more than my body. And um, let me, let me look at a different perspective on, mm -hmm. um, on sort of life and outlook. And, and that's a little bit mm -hmm. that that perspective shift is what happens with the IV ketamine. Mm -hmm. And I just want to highlight, I'm glad you said this, Martha, that the integration process is essential. Crucial. And I don't know if, everyone listening realizes that, that there's so many different options for psychedelic assisted therapies and what you're describing with the ketamine, 
that unless there's a safe landing place where this can be fully processed and integrated in a way that that is not just an isolated finite experience you are yeah you are so on point and i i think i referenced that because i think i can tell like you feel the same way i do with this it's it's sad you know we've had i've had many patients come to me after they've gone and done ayahuasca let's just say or a psilocybin retreat and and i'm I do I do think the psychedelics are going to have a, a wonderful impact on mental wellness in the future, but I think it has to be done right. And so we've had these patients mm-hmm. come where they've just gone on these retreats and then just been dumped back and, you yeah. know, are really unraveled. And I think that there needs to be a lot more psychoeducation out there about preparing people before they do any experience like that. And then having them, like you say, have a safe place to come back to integrate mm-hmm. the process and keep and work through what's happened. And um, I, I, I think that there, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there, um, particularly with the psychedelics that, oh, I can just go. Mm-hmm. And, and even we saw it with ketamine, right? Like organizations mm-hmm. sending ketamine at home and people just do and, you know, lodging. Mm-hmm. And I, that's to me, not the therapeutic aspect of it. Right, right. So my my final question is this: If you had a crystal ball, <laughs> what what are your hopes for depression treatment in the future? Oh wow, I want so many things. Well, what I would love, I'm, and I don't know if we'll ever get here, but if I if I could wave a magic wand, it would be so lovely if we could get to the point in our uh, scientific knowledge where a patient comes in with depression, and we could identify what treatment will work for them. You know, at this point, depression is still a, it's a little bit of a guinea pig phenomenon, right? We try this medication, we try that. If that doesn't work, then we go to maybe TMS. It doesn't work. Maybe we go to IV ketamine or ECT, you know? And so I think ideally people could come in, we could get a blood draw or we could do a brain scan and we could say, Hey, you should go right to TMS or you should go right to ECT. Um, That would be lovely. Um, if I had a crystal ball, we would also do better with prevention, right? I always, you know, it's so interesting, the like mental health versus physical health. It's, we do a lot of prevention and we talk about it now more, but, you know, ideally you'd want to prevent things. And, and now the way it is now, the way in, in insurance covers, you know, we, insurance doesn't pay for mental wellness. Somebody has to get sick. So they have to come to us for treatment and then insurance will pay. And, and I think that's unfortunate. So my crystal ball in the future, we have insurance companies paying for mental wellness so that people don't have to get sick and get treated at all. And then, yeah, beyond that, I think it would be lovely to have the more personalized medicine. You know, there's pharmacokinetic guided therapy. So we do some of that. You know, you can do the tests and look at medications that that are more likely to be effective. I think if we honed in on that, that would be better. So more precision, personalized medicine, I think is a way to go. And I think we we're lumpers, right? We've been lumpers like with depression. And I think depression, it has many forms, which you referenced in terms of etiologies. And it also presents very different in different individuals. And I think we, if when we can be more splitters and have a more nuanced sense of you know, like if it's Martha, what is depression to you? How does it present and what treatment you need? Wow, we'll be doing pretty great. (laughs) That's for sure. I am just so pleased to have you here today, Martha. You know, you and I have both been in the field a long time. 
And there have been a lot of changes in the last few decades. And I, I really hope, as you just mentioned, that a few decades from now, we'll be having a very different conversation about this. And I, I just want to let our listeners know that um, TMS is not something that a lot of people know about. And I'm one of those people. I'm learning with Martha today about the benefits and and how this can be a resource for really for so many folks who suffer. So once again, Martha, thank you so much for being here today with us. It was great to meet you and get to know you and understand more about these possibilities beyond medication. Oh, you're most welcome. And really, thank you very much. Thank you for all the work you do for for individuals out there. And yeah, I'll be let's let's set a date in 20 years and (laughs) hopefully we'll have a lot of new things to to talk about. That would be fabulous. It's a date, Martha. (laughs) Good. All right. You take good care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening today. It was terrific sharing the time with my colleague, Dr. Martha Koo, and discussing this really significant cutting-edge topic. She can be reached through her website at info at neurowellnessspa.com. I'll spell that out for you. N-E-U-R-O-W-E-L-L nessspa.com, info at neurowellnessspa.com. And if you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe and share my podcast with those who may benefit. I look forward to you joining us the next time. And don't forget to stay connected. Stay connected.